there's none like our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you won't find no one else that will treat you like he does. We, we can't get it mixed up and confused that, um, that he's like anyone else, you know, maybe a relationship, a bad relationship. And so we treat the Lord the same. You know, we, we go to him with complaints of what is not done. And most of the time when we really look at the situation, it's something that we've done ourselves. And so God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he's not going to fulfill his word in our lives. Uh, my prayer again is that something is said to strengthen your faith in God. Thank God on Saturday, I was blessed to participate in community, our community outreach on uh, this past Saturday. And, and then was able to talk with some of the elders about the benefit of technology and bridging the gap with our youth. I hope you're talking about Jesus and seeking to bridge the gap as well. That is the commission of the church. The commission of the church is to be a witness. Uh, salvation is not about things. It's not about the things that your eyes see. Uh, Paul said it like this. He said, why hope for the things that your eyes see? You see it, you can obtain it. There's a way to get it. Uh, but for the things that you cannot see, uh, the spiritual things that uh, that we step into and we step through, the thing, the spiritual things that we have to deal with, you're not going to see that uh, in, with your natural eye. You're going to hear it through the Word of God. You're going to see it through dreams and visions. Uh, you're going to you're going to see it and and experience it uh, in a, on a level that is different than the tangible things that we have in front of us. I want to go into the Word of God this morning and. Again, we're in the book of Acts, the fourth chapter, verse 32 through 37, uh, Acts 4, 32 through 37. And I'm going to start reading and want to thank God for those, of the, again, that are listening uh, across the world or wherever you are at this moment. Just want to uh, give you praise, give praise unto the Lord for your presence. And uh, the Bible tells us over in Acts and the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that all of the things which we, he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. The people had all things in common. Uh, neither, uh, and, and with great power, gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord and great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of land or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet and distrib distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. And Joseph, who by the apostles were surnamed, uh, or Joseph, uh, who by the apostles were surnamed uh, Barnabas, which is being interpreted son, uh, the son of consolation, a Levi, and of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it, and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. A thought this morning is that they were all of one heart, one soul, 
and had great power. Now, you may have heard this before, and it's a true fact, but a chain is only as strong as what? Its weakest link. A chain is only as strong as its weakest link. Because when that one link breaks, the chain is broken. So the chain is only as strong as its weakest link. Now, to recap, the believers returned to Jerusalem. Uh, they received power uh, from of God, which said that the Lord had been telling them that you're going to receive. Uh, first of all, John told them you're going to receive the, the Holy Ghost, which he was uh, had been inspired by the Holy Ghost himself to tell and profess this, which was already prophesied by Joel uh, that in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. The indwelling of the Holy Ghost was prophesied before Jesus, that he was going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh, all those that would seek him. And so we're, we're looking at what has been promised. And so uh, the day came that uh, after they returned to Jerusalem and received the promise of the Holy Ghost, which is the empowerment for witnessing, the witnessing began. They began witnessing and began telling others. Uh, because there were those that was there that saw them, heard them speaking in other tongues as the spirit of God, not the college. No one taught them, but as the spirit of God gave utterance, the spirit of the Lord overtook them. It said the, the, the Lord came in, the, the spirit of the Lord came in like a rushing mighty wind, filled the house where they were all sitting. And they began to speak as they had cloven tongues. And so they heard them giving praise unto God. And this and the reaction of that resulted in uh, resulted in the uh, praise being given to God and the question uh, being asked, uh, what must we do to be saved? Peter told them they needed to repent uh, and to be baptized in the name of Jesus. So there was repentance that was going on. And, uh, people were changing their hearts and being converted and the baptism in Jesus name was taking place. People were praising God and they were being filled with the Holy Ghost. And so there was mental, emotional and physical healing that was taking place. The Bible says, and the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. And, and so they were, they saw what was going on. The people that was of one soul and one heart saw they were experiencing they believed the word of God to the, to the point where there was no more, uh, it's me, myself, and I, but it's all of us, we're together. When you think about being on a team, you think about being on a team, one heart, one soul, great power. You think about being on a team, uh, uh, you, you have to consider, are you just on the roster? You know, uh, there are those that want to be on a team and they just they're just on the roster and their name is on the list you know I'm on on this team but I'm not participating I'm on the team and so I'm I'm just there I'm on the roster uh, some are only listed on the roster as being part of the team and they're uh, I have to say that they're even less than a bench warmer you know the the water boy is considered on the team the ball person is considered on the team and we know that that eventually all of this comes together, but until it comes together and everyone recognizes that I'm on the team and I function on the team, until the team congeals, until the team becomes solid, 
and look at the, the fact that everybody on the team is important, it's then and only then that it becomes an undeniable force. A team must congeal. The team must become solid. Everybody on the team has to look at the, the water boy as being significant, has to look at the ball girl as being significant, have to look at everybody as being a vital part of the team and congeal. I'm working, you're working with me, I'm working with you. We're all one unit. We're of one heart, one soul, of, and we are a great power. Getting off the sidelines and doing something besides existing is the will of God. All the believers were one in heart and of one mind for the support of the ministry. No one claimed that any of their possessions were their own, but they shared everything that they had. This was what we consider a free will offering because it started with uh, Barnabas. Barnabas was a Levi. He was well off. He was had land and property, inheritance, and uh, you know, and he was a good steward. But he saw the work of God, and he understood what God wanted and what God was doing, and he saw the need in the ministry. And so he sold those things that he had and brought them and laid them at the apostles' feet. He brought the things, he brought substance and said, look, this will, and, and I'm paraphrasing, I wasn't there, neither was you, but, but we could understand by his actions that he was saying, this is for the work and the furtherance of the ministry. And so uh, we have to step back and look, uh, do we participate? Do we support others? Do you support the ministry or just attend? Some people uh, don't just attend, but they are pretending in when they do attend. Are you of support? Do you worship God with a free will offering or in tithes? Or is it left on the, in the hands of the pastor or others? Keep the, to keep the lights on. You know, many I've heard pastors say, you know, I, I've had to keep the lights on out of my pocket. I didn't mind, but then it became something that was continuous in order for the support of the ministry. And so it, it put a burden upon that pastor. It put a burden upon that uh, if he was married and the children, because there were those that pretended uh, they didn't just attend, but they were pretending. Do you support the ministry or is a burden placed upon the pastor or a few uh, every month? There is an expense that has to be met. The lights have to be kept on. The mortgage or rent has to be paid. And so it's either left on the individual. But someone said that many hands make the light, make the work light. When there are a number of people that are participating, then it lightens the load. And it's not all placed upon one individual to carry the burden of finances or responsibility. I'm going to ask everybody right now to go with me in a word of prayer uh, because uh, that is a very serious situation that people don't like to think about. But right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, those that are carrying the burden of the of the church, those that are carrying the weight, Lord God, and Lord Jesus, that they are 
going forward, Lord, uh, to move with their finances for the furtherance of the gospel. I pray a blessing upon them, Lord God. Lord, you know each individual name by name that tithe, each individual that gives an offering, Lord God, each individual, Lord God, that's there to say, I'm support, I'm there to be a help. What do you want me to do? How can I be used in the service? Lord God, I pray and ask that you would bless them, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, move by your power in their lives, Lord God, to increase Lord God, their strength, their mental, their stability on the job, Lord God, give them favor. We ask these blessings in the name of Jesus. Amen. There is a need that has to be met continuously. And so Barnabas was looking at that need and made up in his mind he was going to do something about it. It's good to do something about it rather than seeing a need and not doing anything at all. You know, I used to encourage others, buy some socks. When you buy socks, buy some so that when you see someone that's barefooted, you can give them some socks to wear. Your shoes that you toss, you know, especially here in America, California, you know, we, we toss things to the side so quickly instead of using them and they're still good. We just decide we don't want to wear them no more. We just decide we don't want to use that. You know, it's not it's out of fashion, but there's somebody that don't have it. You, It's raining outside and someone's walking around barefooted. Uh, you should have a pair of your old shoes that you're not going to wear. Leave them in the trunk of your car. They might be able to use them. Uh, me and Deacon Lemonhead was out one day and a brother didn't have no shoes on. We stopped and gave him the shoe. I would rather give somebody the shoes off my feet. Uh, that they help them not be sick. I'm driving in a, in a car. I'm safe until I get home to help somebody. We need to have the same compassion that Jesus had, the same compassion that others had for the furtherance of the gospel. It's easier to talk to somebody on a full stomach than it is an empty stomach. It's easier to talk to somebody in a warm room or when they have a warm or umbrella over their head than it is to talk to somebody that's standing there drenched and we telling them that the Lord will make a way. We are the way that the Lord used to make. We are the recipient. We are the tools that God have invested in to use. And so uh, those that believe follow the word of God. I believe that they will follow Deuteronomy 16 and 17, which says, every man shall give as he has, as he is able, according to the blessing of the Lord thy God, which he have given thee. It's interesting to note that someone may look at this and say, you know, well, I'm giving according to what God has given me. Understand something here. God knows what he has given you. If God has given you a, a substantial income, he knows what he has given you compared to uh, what you claim that was given to you. Uh, in other words, be fair with God as he has been with you. Uh, Proverbs 3, 9 through 10 says, honor the Lord with thy substance. And with the fruits of all thy increase, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty. Uh, God is not faking here. He's not joking this, but God is saying, I will make a way. I will help you. I will. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Uh, you know, many of the instances that we that people find themselves in is because of a lack of budget, because they feel that they have a handle on it. I got a handle on what's going on, so I don't need to budget. I don't need to sit down and with a pencil and paper or Excel sheet or, you know, my computer uh, or anything like that and figure it out and see right where I am and how to make this thing work until I'm out of the red and into the black. Uh, that's where you want to be at. You want to be in the black. 
And so the Lord said, honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of thy increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy possessed press uh, shall burst out with new wine. Proverbs 11 and 24 says, there is that scattereth and yet increaseth. And there is that withholdeth more than is meat, but is tender to poverty and poverty. In other words, when you give, when you scatter, when you sow seeds, you're more to receive than if you hold on to it and say, yeah, this is all that I have. And so I'm not going to give unto. Well, guess what? Uh, at that point, you become into a state of poverty. God blessed each of us with health. Amen. He blessed us with some health. Uh, those that are listening, you have health this morning. Uh, you have a mind, a stable mind. Uh, you have, uh, he has blessed us with wealth. Now, let me, let me distinguish something here. You may, you could be unemployed, but you have health, which means you're able to do something. You're able to work. If you were not, if God did not wake you up this morning, you wouldn't be here. If God did not give you the, the mind, the stability that you needed, you wouldn't be able to do the job that you have. Have you ever uh, gone in to, to do something? Maybe you're walking through the house and you had a thought in your mind to you were going into another room to pick something up. But then all of a sudden you didn't remember exactly what you went into that room for. Just think about if that was you all the time. If you could not remember, but God has blessed you to remember. God has blessed you to retain and to maintain what you have in order for you to go to work every morning. We get up. We know what time we have to leave in order to be at that job on time. We know what time we're going to get off. We know what we're going to do through the day. We know what we, we work overtime. We go through all of these things. God has blessed us with that health and with that wealth. God opened the door for you. And... You didn't. Uh, oh, my God. Bless you, Jesus. God opens the door up for us. He opened his avenue up for us. And our gratitude should be last uh, Barnabas. And that is to give unto the Lord. Now, he sold his land and gave all that he had, uh, not looking for anything in return. But yet he received in return. He gave uh, and God gave in his word. But yet we won't even show in our gratitude to give a 10 percent. You don't tithe to say thank you. That's a thank you unto the Lord. Lord, I'm thanking you. You've given me a job. I'm making uh, 50000 a year, and I'm going to take out of my, my tithing, and I'm going to give. I'm going to give back to you to say thank you. I'm going to thank you for what I have. I'm going to thank you for what you're doing for me. I'm going to thank you for how you bless me. Uh, you know, I, when I look back over the years, when I bought, when we bought, when we bought our first house, um, we had barely, was not even scratching the surface of 40,000. Uh, our combined income was not much, but yet we were able to purchase a home. That was a blessing in itself. Because the home was worth a lot more than what we got it for. But the Lord blessed. We found favor and we and, and everything was done in order to give us. That was God. We did more on less. Have you ever thought about how you were able to do more on less than what you had? Bless your Lord. Sometimes you're able to do more because of the mindset in which you have, because of the gratitude, because of the budgeting, because of the stewardship, because of the I'm not going to waste. 
I'm not going to be wasteful. I'm not going to extend my butt. I'm not going to overextend myself in my spending. But it's something about when we get more. Somebody once said that money has a spirit and that spirit is detrimental to us. Not the not money. Money is not evil itself. But the scripture says the love of money, the love, the spirit that's behind it can be very detrimental even unto our health and our spiritual well-being. Now, I'm not going into another area, but Barnabas was giving uh, unto the Lord because he was grateful. How grateful are you? Are you grateful enough to show it demonstratively? This is why we give. This is why we talk to others. This is why we make it known that, look, God is still God today. God is good. God is great. God is merciful. I, I know you've been through some things. I know you might be struggling right now, but listen here, friend. Listen here, saint. Listen here, brother. Listen here, sister. God is still and working in the miraculous. God is still working on behalf of his people. You got to trust and believe in him. Oh, bless you, Lord God. He woke us up with the ability to fulfill our obligations. Is that right, church? He woke us up with the ability to feel our obligations. That's why we're able to sit down and play video games. He gave us an ability. We're able to, to go and ball. He gave us ability. Uh, we're able to, to do what go, are going out and are coming in. God gave us an ability. And we won't even set aside an offer for him. If we receive anything of the Lord, we should be saying thank you by returning what he has given us. God has given us time. Do we give God time? God has given us breath. Do we use that breath for him? God has given us physical activity. Do we use that physical activity for him? God has given us a skill set. Do we use any of that skill set for him? My question to you is, are you saying that he's not Jehovah Jireh? The Lord? your provider? Who is he? Are you saying uh, we have trust issues with God? I can understand having a trust issue with another person because they burnt you. You having a trust issue with somebody because uh, they lied to you. Uh, having a trust issue with someone because they borrowed money and then didn't pay you back. But a trust issue with God who has never done any of those things, but yet people treat God as if he has done them wrong. Hmm. No one will ever be able to sing, uh, you did me wrong, your heart went out to play. Uh, no one will ever be able to say that to God because he doesn't do that. You think he's not a promise keeper? Those are seeds that have been planted in the mind of individuals by the Antichrist. The Antichrist is real. Hmm. I sold into ministry. This is a personal testimony again. I sold into ministry. And I reap God's blessing. I've had money borrowed. I've had money stolen. I've had deceivers take advantage of generosity. But I'm here to testify today that the Lord will provide. I believe like Barnabas, the Lord will provide. I'm not looking for and I don't spend my time praying and asking the Lord to, to bless me with things. I just don't believe in that because there's so many other things in life. And the most precious thing that there is, is your soul. The Bible said, uh, how can a man, uh, what is it to gain the whole world and then lose your soul? What is it to gain everything and to have it all and then lose your soul? 
I believe Barnabas was acting upon Deuteronomy, the 16th and the 17th chapter that we read. He was not only he not only believed in the power of God, but he wanted to help with the furtherance of the gospel. My question, do you want to help with the furtherance of the gospel? It is a blessing to help uh, to help the kingdom of God, because that is what the Lord said. He said, I want people to know the kingdom of God is near. Uh, did you talk to anyone about Jesus this week? Did you mention Jesus to anybody? Did, it, did he even come up in the conversation at all? Bless you, Lord God. That what, did you even say God is good? Did you, did you acknowledge the fact that I'm here today because of God making a way? Mm. The power of God. He wanted the presence of the gospel, so he sold into the work of the ministry. Do you believe in the power of God? Oh, my God. Are you sowing into the work of the ministry? Uh, Barnabas, this son of encouragement, the son of consolation, uh, did an act of benevolence which carried the miraculous change and, and affected his life as well as the lives of others. Uh, he was present to help Paul. Uh, he may not have been present, who knows, if he had not been so willing to give of himself. Uh, he may not have been able uh, to help and to be there when Dr. Luke was penciling in the gospel to Theophilus. He may not have been there throughout the book of Acts as the apostle Paul not, uh, and the disciples in them were going forth to minister as the Holy Ghost was leading them. But he had a heart of benevolence. He didn't stick by the traditions in which, uh, in which he was raised and in the Levitical priesthood, but he saw Jesus as the promised Messiah. He saw Jesus as the promise that was coming, that was going to bring forth a life-changing experience, that he was going to be baptized with fire, uh, that he was going to be purged, that he was going to be made whole in such a way that he would be the son of God. Uh, we have this hope, but yet we don't act upon this hope. We have this confession, but we don't act upon this confession. Barnabas was acting upon everything that he knew and everything that he believed in. The church was growing because of the witnessing of all those that believed. It wasn't just left up to one individual to go out. But the Lord said, be a witness. Everyone, everyone should be witnessing and talking about the goodness of God. Everyone should be testifying that the Lord is able. Everyone should be acknowledging the power of God. The life of the church, the community of believers was not only thriving, but they were becoming unified. Compassion, caring, and fellowship birth was growing. And with great power, gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord. Great power. Why? Because they were giving of themselves. Great power because of what they were doing. If you're stagnated, there is no power. There's more power in rushing water than stagnated water. There's power in rushing water, not stagnated water. Stagnated water is defiled. Stagnated water has contaminants. Stagnated water has parasites growing in. Stagnated water is not good for drinking. Stagnated water cannot be used for anything but rushing water the rushing of the water. Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of land and houses sold them. 
and brought the prices of the things that were sold. The obligation to God and worship resulted in caring about one another and each other's welfare. God is concerned about your welfare. Your brothers and your sisters in the church should be caring about one another and each other's welfare. Pride will stop us from caring. Pride will stop us from asking for help. Brother, how did you budget yourself in such a way that you're doing so well? Pride won't let you ask that question. Pride won't let you uh, uh, work as a team. So pride is not uh, an element or characteristic or attribute of God, uh, but humbleness, humility is. The obligation to God and worship resulted in caring about one another and each other's welfare. Listen, the Bible tells us over in 1 Kings 4, the fourth chapter, it says, now the wife of the son of one of the men who uh, told what happened in the future cried to Elisha, this prophet, this prophet wife was crying to Elisha, said, your servant, my husband is dead. I'm, I'm left in a state, a terrible state to be in as a female, especially in that day and time where people would certainly take advantage of her. Your servant honored the Lord with fear. But the man to whom he owed money to, he was in debt, is now threatening to take my sons, to take my children away from me and to make them into slaves. Elisha said to her, what can I do for you? I need you to get this. I need you to understand this. I, I really need you to get this this morning. What can I do for you? I'm being threatened by the bill collector. What can I do for you? I want you to really get this. This woman was found herself in a state of poverty. Her husband is dead. He had a debt and his wife has now inherited that debt. And her two sons is being threatened by the debt collector to take them away and to make them into slaves. This woman went to the man of God and he said, and told him the situation. And he said, what do you want me to do? What can I do for you? What can I do? Listen, what can I do? I'm asking a question here. I'm asking the same question that the prophet Elisha asked. What can I do? Tell me what can I do? Hmm. She said, your woman servant have nothing in the house except jars of oil. I don't have anything, but this is what I do have. I have some jars of oil. What good are those jars of oil? I don't have any food. I don't have anything else, but I have some oil. You need to look at what you have and understand what you have is of value. Then he said, go and round and get jars from all your neighbors. Get empty jars, many of them. Then go in and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour the oil into all of these jars and set each one that is full. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons. And she took the jars of, with her and she poured oil into them. Now, what happened was that 
she listened, first thing is she listened to the instructions that the man of God gave her. She listened. The second thing is that she obeyed what she was told to do. You have oil, go and get as many jars of oil as you can. Go and get as many jars of oil and go in, shut the door behind you. Sometimes you need to isolate yourself. We call it consecration. You need to set yourself aside for the purpose and for the instructions which God has given. You need to set yourself aside for the very thing that God is saying to do. You need to separate yourself so that you don't look at every at your immediate surroundings and fall into the trap and your mind start to wonder and think about things and think about the circumstance, but go in and shut the door behind you. What can I do for you? And he told her. And so she went in and she shut the door behind her. And the Bible says she poured the oil into a jar and the jar filled up. I hope you're catching this. The jar filled up. And then she poured from that same jar into another jar and it filled up. And she poured into another jar and all the jars kept filling up. And she took the jars and gave them to the debt collector to pay the bill. And with the extra, she was able to live off of because it produced an extra. That same thing that happened with a jar of money, with a jar of oil is also able because it represented the money. It represented the power of God, the anointing that, you know, we use oil to, to represent the anointing of God. This oil was representing all the characteristics and attributes that could be used to bring about a blessing. This oil began to multiply right in her presence. Money can multiply right in your presence. You look and think that you have a few dollars and it can turn into hundreds. Uh, I've been in services where the money has multiplied. Uh, no one was putting extra there, but there was extra left over at the end. You need to listen to this. The woman followed. The first thing she did was what? She went to the man of God and said, this is my problem. The man of God's responsibility was not to condemn. The man of God's responsibility was not to criticize. The man of God's responsibility was not to say, well, you got a problem. Uh, your problem is not my problem. The man of God's responsible, oh, bless you, Lord God, because he once has been revealed to the man of God, it is his problem. It is his situation. His obligation is to take it to the Lord, to deal with the situation. When, when, Saul's, when, when Samuel's mother was in the temple praying and Eli thought there was a situation that she was disobedient in the temple drunk, and when she explained, I'm not drunk, but I'm burdened, I'm upset, I'm crying because I want to have a child, I am without, he told, he, then it became a necessity and he prophesied to her that the Lord is going to bless her with a child. The man of God had the responsibility at that moment with, and by the spirit of God told the woman that this is what you're going to do. You're going to borrow as many jars as you can and you're going to keep pouring from the jar of oil in which you have in your home until the jars fill up. You're going to pay your debt and then you're going to live off the residual. You're going to live off the residual. Hmm. 
You're going to live off the residual. You have to first follow, first take the order, the problem to God. You have to then follow the instructions that have been given. And with that, there is a residual. A man from Belishka came and he brought the man of God a gift of first fruits. Listen to this. This is verse 42. Brought the man of God the first fruits gifts. In other words, he was tithing. That were 20 loaves of barley bread and new grown grain in his bag. Elijah said, and said, give them to the people that they may eat. He brought the barley, he brought the what he had, the bread and the grain to the man of God. The man of God is looking over the people and see a need that needs to be met. I'm, I don't think you're really catching what I'm saying here this morning. There's a need that need to be met. And so he said to give them to the people that they may eat. I'm not, you're bringing it to me, give it to the people that they may eat. But the servant said, what? Shall I put this in front of a hundred men? It's not enough. But the prophet said, Elijah said, give them to the people to eat. For the Lord says, they will eat and have some left. There will be residual. There will be some left. In other words, what you're bringing is going to be multiplied so that there is more left. So he put them in front of them and they ate and they had some left as the word of the Lord had said. The word of the Lord said it. Uh, I'm not making this up. It's not something to be made up. The word of the Lord said residual, residual. There is a residual that God would give unto his people when his people act upon his word. Whatever the Lord is saying to do, when you act upon it, there is a residual that will follow. That is the word of God. I'm not prophesying that this morning because it's already been written in the word. I am repeating what has already been written in the word of God. And I'm placing emphasis on it that if you follow the word of God, there is a residual that will follow you. There is a residual. Let me say this again. Let me put it this way. Uh, many years ago, I, I went to uh, uh, the woman of God who has now gone on to be with the Lord and I had heard a testimony. I heard a testimony that she had prayed for uh, one of the brothers in the church and he never went lacking after that. And so one day I was thinking about that and I went to the woman of God, that's Dr. H.L. Bostic, uh, who, who founded Mount Olive uh, Apostolic Church in Northern California. I went to her and I said, pray for this. And I handed her my wallet. And she smiled and said, what, what? And I, I said, I said, pray. And she prayed that it would never go empty. It doesn't mean that that the, the wallet itself did not go empty, but there has been a residual of blessings ever since that moment. There has been a residual of blessings ever since that. And I carry that testimony and I remind myself of that testimony when it looks because sometimes it can look like you're about to run out. And then God sends another blessing. God sends another word. God sends just what he said and does just what he said he was going to do. Hmm. 
this morning, Barnabas gave what he had. And in giving what he had, we find him peppered throughout the word of God and being a benefit as well as beneficiary of the blessings of the Lord. As I began to, as I went through the word of God and the Lord said, let them know, they encouraged them that this is and this will happen when you follow the pattern that has already been set. In other words, don't hold on to what you have, but know how to give and entreat the Lord. Not just hold on, but understand something that when you do have a problem, you take that problem to the right source. Don't discuss it with your boyfriend. Don't discuss it with your girlfriend. Don't discuss it. I was out of work uh, for nearly a year, uh, about nine months. I never told nobody that I was out of work during that time because I was yet being kept. I yet had what I needed plus some. Hmm. You take the problem to the right place. You take the problem to the individual that knows how to go to the individual that can handle it. You take it to the mediator that knows where to go with the problem. You, uh, you touch and agree with the right person so that it will bring forth a residual. Amen. Amen. Bless your Lord God. Certainly we thank and praise God for his word this morning. Again, this is this is Pastor Carl Henderson of Cornerstone Apostolic Church. Thanking God for each of you that have listened in on the service this morning. And, and certainly uh, my prayer is that uh, something has been said uh, to each of you uh, that are listening in your prospective places. Uh, my hands are lifted and I give God glory and honor. But our, our goal and our, our, our mission is to make sure that the word of God is simple, that you can understand it, that it is applicable to, to your life. Uh, uh, Deacon Lemonhead. Uh huh. We need him. Bless your Lord. And we Deacon Lemonhead is is one of our technicians for those that are listening. But certainly we thank and praise God. And again, on Tuesday nights we're on we're in the book of Ezekiel, and we are studying the word of God extensively to understand exactly what's going on uh, in, in the word of God. And so, you know, sometimes you have to stir that gift up. You have to make, make sure that the word of God is being followed. You have to make sure that you're applying the word of God that is applicable the right way. Apply the word of God in your life. If you're ever in the Los Angeles area, if you're ever in Pomona, California, certainly we would love to see your presence. I want to ask you to remember the bereaved families in prayer. Remember those that are sick, the, the pandemic that's going on, and uh, people, as you know, are dying. People are deathly ill. People are being quarantined. People are suffering 
people are concerned with what's going on. And so solicit your prayers continuously. Bless you, Lord. Father, I pray and ask that you would bless those our listening audience this morning, those that have joined in to hear your word. Lord God, visit them in their places, Lord, in their, on their jobs, in their, in their homes, Lord God, in their recreation. Lord Jesus, bless them, Lord God. Lord Jesus, to be faithful unto you, to be bold, Lord God, to walk as the church. Lord, you are the church. Lord God, we pray and ask these blessings in the name of Jesus. Bless us all to be of one mind, of one soul, Lord, so that you can demonstrate your great power and your great grace in Jesus' name. While the song is yet playing and singers are singing, I'm going to ask everyone to come so I can anoint them with oil.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. All I want is you, Lord. All I want is you, Lord. Bless your people, Lord. Bless your people.